<laughs> All right, so uh, session one. Find my notes. There we go. Session one, we talked about. Um, for those of you guys that are, that are here, I'm super glad you're here. Just jumping in with us. Um, in our first session, um, we talked about how addition and multiplication are not choices to make, but tensions to manage. Addition and multiplication are not choices to make, but tensions to manage. Um, what we're going to do in this session um, is we're going we're gonna to start to build a discipleship strategy that holds those two things as tensions to manage instead of choices to make. Um, you guys have probably discovered this. We tend to treat a lot of things in ministry as either ors that Jesus seems to treat as both ands. We treat a lot of things in ministry as either ors that Jesus tends to treat as both ands. Uh, attractional, missional, yes. Reaching as many people as we can, making mature disciples, yes. One of the things that we used to say um, around the summit was the greatest truths in Scripture are often found in tension. The greatest truths in Scripture are often found in tension. Um, and so the trick is figuring out how do you live into the ant? How do you live into the ant instead of choosing the either or the or? Um, and so that's what we want to do today. We want to live into the end of addition and multiplication. So how do we build a discipleship strategy that um, embraces this tension? What I want to do is first just kind of unpack a very simple way to build a discipleship strategy in general, and then we'll kind of fill it in. Um, the big idea for this session is that discipleship needs a destination and directions. Discipleship needs a destination and directions. Um, I am just old enough to remember paper maps. You guys remember paper maps? Like you'd go on a trip, you get your paper map out of the glove box. Dennis has no idea what I'm talking about. And, you know, you'd look where you were going. They sold them in gas stations. Like it was a thing. Um, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, you'd look where you're going, you'd kind of plot, you know, plot your trip out, you had your directions. The, the best thing about paper maps, right, is if you got lost, like you could figure out where you were and where you needed to go. Um, but really, the, my favorite thing about paper maps, maybe the reason we need to bring them back, is they don't have a battery that dies, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're going someplace you've never been before. You know you're like maybe five, ten minutes away, but you have no idea like how to get there. And all of a sudden your phone dies, right? And you got to decide in that moment, like how confident am I, right? Like do I think I have enough of an idea to remember enough of it to figure out where I'm going or do I need to pull over, let my phone charge until the battery comes back on? Um, assuming you have a charger and uh, and let it pull back up so that you can get back on the road now nobody would set out on a trip without knowing where they're going and how they're gonna get there and yet most of our discipleship strategies don't tell people where they're going 
and how to get there. I was reading an article the other day. It was five reasons that uh, your discipleship strategy may be stuck. Reason number one. Anybody want to guess? Reason number one, you don't have a discipleship strategy. Reason number two, you have a discipleship strategy, but you haven't told your people what it is. Which is something else that we do a lot in discipleship and leadership development. Um, um, how often do you spend time maybe sitting around with other people on your staff and talking about how frustrated you are with somebody who's not doing something, right? And yet, I bet you never communicated to that person what you wanted them to do, at least half the time. So, um, discipleship needs a, a destination, a picture of where we're going, um, and it needs, uh, it needs directions. How do we get there? Your destination is your answer to the question, what is a disciple? Your destination is your answer to the question, what is a disciple? I'm going to give you guys some time to work on these, okay? Your directions are your answers to the question, how do I become a disciple? And how do we make disciples? How do I become a disciple and how do we make disciples? And I'm going to show you why both of those questions, they're connected, but they're a little bit different. And I think they're really, really, really important. We good? Um, how do I become a disciple? How do I make disciples? The first is usually a picture. It's a picture of what does it look like to become a disciple. You can write it out as well. We'll look at both. And the second is a pathway. How do we make disciples? So a picture and a pathway is what we're chasing after. Okay? Um, you put those things together and you have a, a basic discipleship strategy. Let me give you an example of one of these, uh, what this looks like. So uh, this is an old definition that we used to use at Summit back in the day. We don't use it anymore. A disciple, this was our mission statement as a church. Our mission statement was love God, love each other, love the world. And so a disciple is someone who loves God, loves each other, and loves the world. Okay? That's an example. By the way, why is this so important? Because if you don't define what you mean by discipleship, then people will come up with their own definition. They'll piece together whatever they hear you saying into a definition for themselves. They may not know they're doing it, but it'll, they'll form one in the back of their minds, right? All right. So what's a disciple? Someone who loves God, loves each other, loves our world. How do I become a disciple? This is a picture of discipleship. Some of you guys will be familiar with the wheel around the outside. That was something that we got from navigators. It's an old navigators tool. Um, this is a picture of what discipleship looked like. So, you know, how do I love God, love other people, and love the world? Well, I, I ultimately do that as a res response to the gospel. We love because Christ first loved us, right? Um, how is that going to work itself out into my life? Well, it's going to work itself out into communion with God through reading the Bible and prayer. It's going to work itself out into um, becoming like Jesus in my character. It's going to work itself out into be, living in community with other people. 
Um, it's going to work itself out into b- being generous toward others and to the church. It's going to work itself out um, in evangelism and mission. Yet it's a, it's a picture that kind of takes that definition and fills it in a little bit, right? How do I become a disciple? Um, notice, like, this, you know, it's obviously connected to the definition. It's connected to our church um, because it shares that mission statement. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't say anything about, like, things that we do as a church, right? And I think that's actually important. Uh, I think that's actually important because the, the difference between this picture and the pathway is that this tells people um, how they become disciples independent of our church. And then the pathway tells people how they walk through our church, how our church is trying to help people become disciples. Um, if we just give people a pathway then we're telling them more about our church than we're telling them about following Jesus. And that gets us into a little bit of trouble. All right, so next picture. This is, this is like, you know, you can get lost in these things sometimes, but this is a picture of a pathway. How do we make disciples? What is our process of discipleship? So, um, Begins when people come to worship, they attend a worship gathering. From there, we try and connect people into uh, the life of the church, into community, into discipleship. So, you know, they would they would go to a class called Starting Point um, that we might do uh, after a service, um, and then from there, they're connected into community, which is where they grow. This is where discipleship happens as they participate in groups. Um, and later on, we added discipleship classes. That was one of the ways that we tried to get at things that like groups didn't cover. Um, then people volunteer. They become leaders in the life of our church and serve. And then finally, they go. They participate in missions. So does this look familiar? This is, this is the funnel from before. Same thing, just kind of turned on its side, right? Does that make sense? Everybody tracking with that? Okay. Um, so if it, if it doesn't make sense, it's the time to ask questions because you guys are about to do this. You're about to draw this out for your church. Cool. All right. So we're going to workshop this, right? We're going to spend some time working on this, on each one of these. Some of you guys might have something like this already. Um, some of you guys might not. So, um, um, hopefully you've got something, a piece of paper, something you can work with. If you don't, they, uh, we've got some paper up here on the side that you're more than welcome to use. But the first thing I want you to do um, is I want you to, I mean, you can type this out. It's, it's not that complicated. I want you to um, define what a disciple is. Define what is a disciple. Next slide. And it's probably going to begin this way. A disciple is blank, blank, blank. What's a disciple? We'll give you guys a few minutes. Work on that. If you're with a team, feel free to do that together. If you're with somebody and you just want to compare notes, do that. I'm not looking for like a particular right answer here. So 
or is it a cyber? I'm going to give you guys probably about five minutes, and then we'll, we'll come back together and discuss.
Y'all done? Need more time? Good? All right, what did you guys come up with? Just a few examples. Again, we're not looking for right answers here, so. No pressure. Anybody want to share? Yeah. Passionate, passionate follower of Christ who's reproducing fruit that remains. Cool. Cool. Always makes you feel better when you go with scripture, you know. Yeah. I mean, ours, love God, like to the other world, was, you know, greatest commandment and great commission. Anybody else? I would love to just hear kind of some breadth, right? Because we'll hear, like, different... Yeah. Yeah. So on our level, would it be to become to follow the step of Jesus to become like Yeah, I love that. So um, following the steps of Jesus to become like Jesus, following the steps of Jesus to become like Jesus. I like that a lot. It's very similar to ours. What else? The disciple is someone who hears the voice of Jesus and obeys. Ah, hears the voice of Jesus and obeys. Here's some of the differences. Anybody else? We would say a disciple is one who passionately follows Jesus and makes him visible. Passionately follows Jesus and, make, and makes him visible. Good. I love it. All right. So you got a definition. Now I want you to work on your picture of discipleship. Okay? Work on your picture of discipleship. Here's the question. I think this is a helpful way to frame it. If someone came to you and ask them, how do I become a disciple of Jesus? How do I become a disciple of Jesus? And you couldn't tell them anything about your church. How would you answer the question? If someone came to you and they asked you, how do you become a disciple of Jesus? And you couldn't tell them anything about your church. You couldn't give them, you couldn't tell them to go to something. <laughs> How would you answer the question? Flesh out that, that picture of discipleship. I'm going to give you guys more time on this, like 10 minutes. Um, so, you know, brainstorm it out. Can you go back to that example? No, the other one. Yeah, that one. So what's the, what's the picture of discipleship?
You can draw it if you want to draw it. If you just want to write it out, you can write it out. Would you go to that slide? Um, well, actually. Go to that slide too later. Supposed to be become. Wow, didn't change. This is a, just an example of that exact same picture, just written out. Um, it should say, "How do I become a disciple?" Um, at the top. Sometimes it's helpful to 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 lay this out by saying, "Discipleship is by." So. If I took that picture that I showed you guys and turned it into words, it might look like this. Discipleship is learning to love God, love others, love the world by knowing God through his word and prayer, becoming like Jesus by developing godly character, doing life together with others in community, being generous toward the church and others, sharing and demonstrating the gospel of the world. Just, just as an example, if, if you're more drawn to like putting this in words of what that could look like. You guys keep going. This isn't me necessarily saying this is what I would do now. I'm just giving you all an example. So don't feel limited by the example. All right, go back to the picture. Everybody's getting stuck on reading the words. Mm-hmm. 
time. All right. What do you guys come up with? What do you guys come up with? Who wants to share? How do I become a disciple of Jesus? Um, I'm going to say by number one, three, three points. Communicating, that's prayer. Number two, reading the word. Number three, finding ways to apply it to my life. Uh, communicating, communicating with God. Yep, prayer. Reading the word. Yep. And finding ways to apply it to your life. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. I said, um, engaging the gospel through his word and motion. Engaging the gospel through his word and motion. Cool. Anybody else? Got one you're really excited about? Want to get it out there? Question. Yeah. I mean, I would assume I'm giving this answer to anybody and everybody. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's it's a really good point. Um, you know, when I used to coach coach planters, one of the things I always encouraged guys was when they think about statements like this, particularly this statement, and maybe the mission of their church to really fight for something they could, they could say to a Christian or a non-Christian, anybody, and it would make, it would make sense, and it would, it would still like tell them something substantial, right? So you really gotta fight for words that you can explain that are clear, but also, um, uh, you know, regardless of where somebody's at spiritually, right? Doesn't mean they're gonna make, you know, doesn't mean like that you're not, with, you know, with a non-Christian, you're probably going to say it, and it's like, well, what does that mean? Well, now let me tell you what it means, you know? So it doesn't mean it's, it's going to be self-contained, but it, it makes sense to, to either. Don't you think that, I mean, the answers that I would have gave and what I've heard here, what a disciple is, is a follower of Christ, right? I mean, Jesus lays out that pretty good, right? Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So how do you, you know, to a non-believer... First of all, I want to be this Christian guy. Deny yourself. Uh, probably not. So it, it is about the wording. How do you? Yeah. How do you get into that? I mean, I'm just using there's a little picture of a man with an arrow down. Deny yourself. Yeah. A picture of the cross. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what you do. That's yeah. what you say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if if you, you know, if you if you see how. Jesus talks to his disciples in the Gospels, right? Like, he says, follow me, and they go, but they don't understand what that means when they start the journey. And, you know, the more they start to figure it out, the more they're like, yeah, I don't know about this Jesus, you know? Um, so, you know, it's not that everybody's going to understand the words completely, um, but 
what Jesus said at the beginning was no less true at the end, right? So that's, that's, that's what you're fighting for. All right, last piece, last piece, discipleship pathway. Um, let me talk a little bit more about this. So your discipleship pathway is the answer to the question, how do we, how do we as a church now make disciples? In other words, how do we move people towards that picture of discipleship that you just gave? If your discipleship pathway isn't moving people towards that picture that you just gave, there's something wrong with your discipleship pathway. And it might be more about how you add people to your church than how you make disciples. They gotta meet. There's a destination and there's directions, right? If the directions don't lead to the destination, then you have the wrong directions. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the idea of a, a, a discipleship pathway or a pipeline. Usually we talk about this more in terms of a leadership pipeline or pathway. The same thing is true for discipleship. Now, why, why a pathway? This is important. Because we tend to think about spiritual growth and talk about spiritual growth like this, right? That's kind of the picture that we kind of give people. You start out, you don't believe, and the picture at the end is maturity and it's knowing and following Jesus in fullness. Um, but giving people that picture is kind of like giving somebody in the business world this picture. <laughs> and saying, good luck, right? So the, the principle behind a discipleship pathway is, how do we take this and we break this down into steps so that people can see where they are and what their next step is, not just where they're headed, right? Same thing with directions, right? It's like, I gotta, I gotta stay on Highway 85 until I get here and then I switch highways, blah, blah, blah. So the purpose of the pathway is to take that process of loss to mature and break it down in steps that make sense. So here's, here's the business world, here's an example. This would be a pretty simple business. You start as an intern, maybe you become an associate, then you start managing people, then you become a director, and then maybe you become the CEO. At each step along the pathway, there are different things that you have to learn in order to move to, into that next position. There's different skills that are required. There's different character that you have to develop inside yourself. There's different competencies, knowledge that you have to have. In the same way, if we're talking about discipleship, just throw this out as an example, and you're trying to move somebody from, I, I substituted mature with multiplying. If you're trying to move somebody from loss to a multiplying disciple, there's some key steps along the way that you can begin to identify. First, I want somebody to be able to explore Christ. Then I want them to be connected to Christ and connected to the body of Christ. Then I want them to enter into some kind of commitment, some kind of covenant with other people, because that's a big part of how they're going to grow. Not just being connected to them, but actually being committed to them. And then I want them to continue to grow and mature in their faith. And then they learn how to multiply. Now, you know, you can look at even those last two and say, man, that's kind of a jump from like growing to multiplying. You'd be right. So, you know, there might even be steps that you want to add in there, but let's keep it simple for now. So the question in a pipeline is, whatever those steps are, and feel free to choose your own, you don't have to stick to these. Whatever those steps are, what, 
How do people move through your church in a way that helps them move from one of those steps to the next step? Where are they going to go? And so that first step, again, this is going to start to look similar to that other, that other pipeline, that funnel that we started with in the beginning. But um, I'm going to show you, especially in the next section, how it's different. So you might put, you know, lost to exploring, and that's, we want that to happen in our gathering. You might put lost exploring, we want that to happen in our groups too. That's fine. Don't feel, you know, like you're off to the wrong track on that. But what I want you guys to do is spend the next 10-ish minutes writing that out, whatever your version of it is, and then, um, and then fill in the lines. What is the thing that we're going to do to help people move from one step to the next? Make sense? Cool. All right. Connected, I mean, like, ex exploring, they might be kind of participating in some capacity, but connected is like, I belong to a group of people um, that are believers in some capacity. So that might be, I'm a member of a small group. Yeah. Committed is now, I've, I've covenanted with these people to something. Yeah. So, you know, in most churches that might be, some form of membership, but with that, like maybe some kind of commitment to discipleship. Yeah. It gets worse the, yeah, the further you move over. Yeah. Yeah. It's like growing into a multiplier. That's how it is. It's like over where we get to heaven for that. But over here, we just, we've been living in that exploring, connected kind of world. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's additional land over there. That's additional land. 
over there. This is multiplication yeah. land over there. Land yeah. <laughs> we still got time. Do you see that delay? Fortunately, we had a stupid layover before, so I'm just hoping we still have like 50 minutes, which would be plenty of time. This is like, you know, international missions all day long, right? Everything, everything you're totally not with us. I'm answering the questions before you even. But it's good. I mean, I was explaining. I'm trying to challenge, push back on the kind of like, listen, guys. I said all of these things can almost be happening simultaneously. Yeah. I said you can have you can have seekers come in to explore, yeah. but you can also go out and cast a net because I'm trying to think I'm trying to get him to think about evangelism yeah. for a couple of years I was the initial contact director for the IMB in the home office it was one of my yeah. assignments and I was pre-screening people and one of the things that I was doing I was fielding for a calling I wanted to confirm a calling that people were called and then second I would ask two questions tell me about somebody you have led to uh, in, in discipleship where they've made a step of faith of obedience and two tell me about somebody you've led to Christ in the last uh, 18 months the sad thing about it is our churches are doing a horrible job of evangelizing. Right. And, and I would have to tell those people, uh, I'm, I'm affirming your call. We're probably going to send you, but the timeline is going to be extended yeah. because I want you to go back and talk to your pastor about how to share the gospel. Yeah. And so I'm like, don't, I said, you guys don't have, damn, you don't have your baggage yet as a church planter, but you're going to create it. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> if you just make sure you, you understand this on the front end, yeah. you've got to train your disciples to evangelize. And there's an art to it. There's a way to share the gospel and draw a net, but also leave room for somebody to back away and not back them in a corner and continue to seek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you can create the right kind of environment where a lot of these things, they don't have to be all different. So I'm going to go ahead and cut you guys off for the sake of time. Um, we got about six minutes or so until we're supposed to land. Um, good. Now we got into it. Now I got real, right? Now I got real. All right. I'm not going to ask you guys to kind of share what you came up with. I'm going to assume that you felt a lot better about the left-hand side. Maybe. Maybe. But what were some things that came out of your discussion that were interesting? Like what were some things that y'all talked about? What were some of the questions you were wrestling with? Yeah, we draw all this stuff linearly because you kind of have to to explain it, but it doesn't mean as it happened linearly, right? So the, the reality is that a lot of these things can be happening in some of the same kind of environments, right? Like um, all these things can be happening on a Sunday morning in different ways. Um, all these things can be happening in groups in different ways. But in order for them to be happening, people have to be able to see the whole thing so that they can think about, man, how am I going to be intentional in these different areas at the same time? Right. What else? Yeah. How can you help people realize they are lost and they need to begin to explore yeah. before you can even yeah. get them? So us as leaders, how do we do that? How do we equip our people yeah. to have Yeah. Or even, you know, so intentional language that we use, we don't we actually don't use the word lost. Um, they're lost to Jesus, but they're found to something else. And we don't use the word believer or unbeliever because they believe in something else. So we use the word Christian and non-Christian. Um, we talk about everybody believes in something, you know, we want to help you explore, explore Jesus. Just, just, you know, things to think about. But the reason, yeah, part of the reason I put, you know, 
lost over there and didn't start with, with exploring is because um, they, um, there, might, you know, there might be that step that's there before, before the gathering. What else? Yeah. How do you get that commitment from going like, man, I'm here every Sunday, you know, I'm a father. Yeah. Don't ask me to do this next level. Yeah. That's, that's a huge step. How do, you, how do you get that? We just, we just rewrote our whole membership class because we realized that our whole membership class was about committing something. People feel like they were committing to us. Like, like people feel like they're committing to the pastors who are up there leading the class. Well, no, you're committed to Jesus. And you're committed to other people. And so we, we're reframing like how we talk about membership um, because it felt like a commitment to a church and a, and a, you know, a leader as opposed to a commitment to, to Jesus and to the other people that are around you doing this thing with you. So where does that commitment like? <laughs> like? I mean, shouldn't there be some healthy way to commit to a church? Yeah. And where does that come? And so when I say, when I, why are those two things different? Why is committing to Jesus and to other people different than committing to a church? It's not. It's the same thing. It's just how we say it. I think we need to, we need to phrase it. When we talk about the church, we need to talk about, man, when you make this commitment, you're committing to, you know, to, to Jesus and to this group of people. That's what the church is, as opposed to saying the Heights Church, the Heights Church, the Heights Church, the Heights Church, the Heights Church. So it's the same thing. I think it's just tweaking the language a little bit. Um, people increasingly, especially in this culture, now we want, we want people to like be passionate about the church. We want them to be passionate about their church. We want them to have ownership. But I was reading an article by a business guy the other day, and he, he was talking about um, we spend a lot of time like talking about our thing instead of talking about what our thing is supposed to do. And this generation has been so marketed to, they don't, they don't want to hear about your thing. They don't care about your thing. Now, tell them about Jesus, that's different. Tell them what, what Jesus wants to do in their life, that's different. And so, you know, how do our discipleship process, our membership processes, tell, talk to them about who Jesus is and what he wants to do in their life, not, you know, welcome to the Heights Church, this is all that we do. Now, I, I'm not, you know, those things aren't like mutually exclusive, you know, from each other. I'm just trying to challenge your thinking a little bit. What else? Anything else? Yeah, I'm going to, I mean, that's really where we're going to focus in on the next session. You're setting me up great. Perfect timing too. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, 
Here's the big idea in the next session, and we're going to take a break. Discipleship is not just about what you preach. It's about what you tolerate. Discipleship is not just about what you preach. It's about what you tolerate. All right, y'all take a break. Jason Azzarello. Cool. Thank Andrew Hopper. Yeah, to try to connect, connect us. us. Try like to connect 6 us. 6.30 in the morning this morning. It's all good. I was like, it's all good. All right. I didn't know that there was a correlation between this happening.